Police are calling on women who now realise that they also have been abused or are victims of Grace Mullane's murderer to come forward. Jesse Kempson's name and images are finally in the public domain after two years of suppression. He was not only found guilty of Grace Mullane's murder, but we can now also report he's being convicted of actions and offences involving two other women. Police believe there may be more victims. Now, the Mullane investigation, originally a missing person and sadly eventually a homicide, was led by Detective Inspector Scott Beard, and he's with us this morning at Newstalk ZB. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, Tim. Now, Good morning, Tim. when you first encountered Jesse Kempton, uh, did your gut tell you anything, your 40 years in policing? Well, initially, he was quite plausible, and it was, wasn't until during that first interview and some of our investigation team managed to you know, get through some CCTV and we realised that he'd told us a lie. And from that moment, you start thinking, right, we're on the right track here. We've now got to find Grace and we've got to prove that he was the last one that was with her. And, and, you, and you, you had that uh, evidence of one lie. Does that immediately make you think, well... Uh, if he can tell us one, he can tell us more. Well, absolutely, of course. And in the second interview, a couple of days later, you know, it completely the story completely changed. Yet, when you watch both interviews, very plausible in both. We now know there were two other women, uh, and one at least had been to police about him. Would the benefit of hindsight? Was there any way of stopping him sooner? No. Look, it was. Uh, we had the, one of the women had come to us, um, didn't go down the path of any criminal uh, prosecution. Um, but look, there's no blame on anyone here. The, uh, as you mentioned, you know, there could be other victims out there, and we would say, come to us, come to the police. We can talk and discuss, uh, you know, process. We can get you in touch with the right counselling services to ensure that your welfare, emotional well-being, welfare and you know, psychological well-being has been looked after. It must be horrific for somebody who hasn't until this moment, uh, now the images are all over the place, realised uh, that they too have encountered this guy. It must be terrifying thought. Well, just the two victims that uh, gave evidence and caught the two other trials, you know, just the evidence alone, you could tell how devastated they were at the fact, realisation of who he was. Now we know more about him. Where did he come from? Uh, how did he come to be the character he is? Oh, look, I'm not a psychologist. Um, you know, he had his upbringing. You know, some of that was mentioned in court by uh, Dr. Simon Moore. But, look, at the end of the day, he's an adult. He's accountable for his actions. And, uh, you know, we have three victims here. And, um, you know, for the Mullane family, they will never have grace back. And that's the worst case from that scenario in Tindadagan. There's been, uh, obviously, a lot of questions about suppression in this case. And one point that's been raised by somebody listening this morning uh, is, given that the next two trials were judge-only trials, why did suppression stay in place? Well, my understanding is that there was the appeal to the Court of Appeal and the matters in the High Court, well, the Court of Appeal is a higher court than the High Court, uh, and so it's up to the Court of Appeal to rule on that. So a High Court judge can't overrule the Court of Appeal.
Right. So, but we we have no issues, you know, from a police perspective on the name suppression. It was proper. It was right. Um, and as I say, I, I understand the frustration of members of the public out there. But you know, we had two other victims. We had their trials. You know, he has the right to a fair trial, but they also had the right to be able to have their say in their day in court. And. I sense that you have been personally very affected by this and the interviews that we've done with you since the trial. How are you? No, I'm fine. Uh, it's like the rest of the investigation team. You know, it is our job, and yes, at times it can be tough, but the New Zealand Police have a very good welfare and support service. So all the team, if we need to speak to someone, there's always someone available for us to speak to. But... You know, it is part of the job, and you know we've all, all the investigation team have had to do other. I've been involved in other homicides since this, and um, you know, no doubt in the future I'll be involved with more homicides. Must be very difficult. I hope you're going to stick around. Well, at some stage I won't have to retire, I suppose. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, look, it, it's it's a great job, and there's while we deal with death and tragedy, there's also that real sense of achievement and giving back to the community and particularly the victims. And I just look at the Mullane family and, um, you know, I've just been talking to Julian Mullane this morning just on what's going on over in the UK. And, um, you know, for three years now, she's basically been numb. You know, she had own health scares. She's had Grace, uh, the situation there. And then, of course, the last year, David was caught and sick and um, recently died and passed away. So, yeah. and she's been dealing with the funeral arrangements and they've got COVID over in the UK so yeah it's been really tough for her and um, she hasn't really had a time to grieve or to move on um, so yeah and Christmas is coming up and then lockdown so yeah look I think you know, apart from one person I'm sure the public in New Zealand and the UK you know, can't help but feel for the Malayan family there.